PA Turnpod is presented free by Anchor. On today's episode, the Phillies take three of four in Los Angeles, and they've split the first two in Philly against the Padres. We will grade every Sixers player and determine whether we want them to stay or go. We're going to break down Miami versus Boston game one. Uh, Dallas Golden State is currently in progress. We'll break down everything that we can from the box score. <laughs> we'll knock out the four-minute scramble, a couple W's and L's for the week, and then we will rank the 15 active Philadelphia jerseys. But first, Joel and I discussing Anchor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 54 of PA Turnpod. Joined, as always, by Joel. I am Rob on this Kwame Brown and Brad Lidge episode of your mom's favorite podcast. Hey. How are you tonight? I'm pretty good. A little tired. It's late nights. It's been a while since we did, you know, a podcast this late. Yeah. But uh, you can hear my voice, but I'm, I'm here. I'm a little sick. I feel a little sick, but. Really? Not Hopefully not COVID, but we'll see. It, Truthfully, the allergy thing is just killing everybody right now. Not literally killing anybody, but right, uh, the allergies are just really taking a toll on everybody. So that's probably what it is. Amazingly, I don't get those allergies. Really? Like, everyone is like deceased around the springtime with the pollen. I'm like yeah. breezing right through it. I'm more annoyed because I have to wash my car every so often because it's yellow when it's a silver car. Hmm. Yeah, well, my car, I woke up the other day and it was just all over my car. Plus my air conditioning and my heating in my car is a little jacked up right now. So I have to ride with the windows down and I, I text you every morning when it happens, but there's one little bump on the road on my way to work that if I hit it just square enough, my heating or air conditioning will kick on, but I have to drive to work with the windows down and that also doesn't help with the pollen. I was going to say uh, about three and a half segments in, it'll probably be throwback Thursday because it's going to be Thursday. <laughs> oh Jesus! So it'll be our throwback to when we used to do these at uh, 1130 at night. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But here we are. And I got out early, so it would be technically 11.30, but I got out yeah. extremely early. So uh, This is my second open to close this week. So uh, the coast is almost clear, though, because I will be uh, – I'll have a three-day weekend for the first time in a little bit, too. It's pretty cool. Damn. Must be nice. Not yeah, we're going uh, going to the beach on Friday. Down here? Uh, well, we're just going for the day. Down here? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Uh, wait, you guys going uh, to the service or no? The what? The service. There's a service happening. Oh, I didn't know there was a service happening. Ah, well, I have we'll to service my car, but uh, we'll we're, go, we're going after. to, uh, she's graduating. So uh, Saturday is graduation and uh, what's it called? So Friday, we're going to go hang out at the beach for a day. We're actually going tomorrow night or I guess around this time tomorrow night, I'll be there, but come back for graduation Saturday and then Sunday we got stuff to do, so the regular no, no sleep till next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I can't wait for the weekend, but yeah, yeah. Uh, tomorrow, all the necessary things got to do, bills and all that other nonsense, clean up, uh, and yes. then Friday, uh, going to a service, and then sometime in the afternoon, probably get my bearings back, and then enjoy the rest of my weekend before I go back to work. Oh, I think I actually know what you're talking about. I, I saw something on Facebook about it. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but... Yeah, I don't know that person. I don't believe so. Anyway, I'm friends with somebody on Facebook, though, that was tagged in it. 
So mm-hmm. I saw what you're talking about, but uh, we won't be there. I did notice you said we couldn't record because of that. So that works out anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, on to the positive stuff. So we have a lot to get to today, as we always do. Um, the Phillies, you know, are first up on the list, followed by the Sixers. Then we'll do a little bit of Miami, Boston, a little bit of Dallas, Golden State. Four-minute scramble, which is going to be the first, you know, big challenge. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. <laughs> and then, so what started as 12 is now 17 uh, Philadelphia jerseys. So we came up with the idea. This is really just something I came up with on the fly. We didn't yeah. even have to do it, but um, I thought it'd be a cool idea. We, we kind of joked about it a few episodes ago about the Phillies, but um, we're going to rank all of the, like, the current jerseys in Philly. And halfway through doing the rundown, we were like, well, we might as well just put the union on there. It's only two uniform or two kits, I think is what they call them in soccer. So we Googled them and then we were like, oh, that's Look new. Look at you. And, the lingo. Uh, yeah. I, I suggested doing the 50,000 uh, ones What's that the gold, goalkeeper wears. So <laughs> oh, we'd be here all day. Oh, my God. Um, what do you call a one nothing game in soccer? Uh, one nil. Oh, man. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's always tough figuring out love versus nil. And then... Uh, <laughs> The, it's, a, the, the, it's a cracker of a shot. So the only gripe I really have with Uh-oh. soccer, because I do appreciate the sport, and I know it's kind of boring on TV sometimes, but when you're into it, you're into it. Yeah. Um, I don't love that it's like the only sport that will always read the score from left to right. So if I'm the home team or whatever, mm-hmm. and I win one nothing, you say like zero to one, or like people will say like one to two. Instead really? of saying that, because unless this isn't actually a thing, it's just people have been surrounded Maybe it by is. it. Maybe it is. But I know in football, Patriots win 20 to 10. You don't say uh, the Patriots beat the Jets. The score was 10 to 20. Like, Yeah, because they're the actual home team. Yeah, so you say that the, the higher is. number first. So it, it, I'm not picking I, on it. It's been around longer than me. So I thought we were going to, I thought your, your gripe was uh, what we talked about, I think maybe a month or two ago, about the offsides. <laughs> oh, that that's stupid too. <laughs> Oh man! Here Just we put go. a put a blue line on the field. <laughs> See, in hockey, there's there's a blue line on the grass. Nice. It, it's stupid that it, it's it's what's it called arbitrary. Yeah. It should just have a, a a definitive spot because if your furthest defender is it, it's a, if your team is down. Oh man! Here we go. <laughs> so it, it, if it's one nil me and your team is pressing to try to score a goal yeah. and your your furthest defender back is actually on the offensive side of the the line or whatever. Why do I get punished if my guy starts going to go score? Whatever. I don't have soccer lingo, dude. <laughs> we'll but in hockey, but in hockey, if you get caught and the guy's behind you, that's on you for being out of position versus True. it's them cheating, you know. I suppose it doesn't like I'm sure there's a way to exploit that as there always is, but you know, whatever. Uh current update. Uh Warriors are up twenty at the okay. end of the third. All right, so like. not not much to talk about there. Uh Luca there's a picture that circulated of Luca having a, uh, an adult beverage with really? Boban at lunch today. And people are probably going to make that viral, but it's actually a picture from a few months ago. So I love Boban. Boban can do no wrong. He can, except he was like a minus 5,000 in the Toronto series a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> although I was at the Nets game where he had a bunch of um, mid range jump shots where he just shot over Jared Allen. Um, <laughs> before we recorded, you asked me how I watched Kwame Brown as a sixer. Oh, yes. Uh, I barely did because he was here the Bynum year. And that was the year I was just like, oh, this sucks. Um, the only game I remember him playing well is when they played the Lakers the one time they went to L.A. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Zumoff didn't do the TV game. And it was Tom McGinnis and Malik Rose. 
and Kwame Brown started instead of like Vucevic or Hawes or whoever. And actually, no, Vucevic would have been gone. Um, Kwame Brown started instead of whoever the center, probably Hawes, and guarded Dwight Howard and like kind of like neutralized him. <laughs> and they were like, well, you have to have a big strong center like Kwame Brown on your team to, when you play against Dwight Howard. <laughs> so uh, two former <laughs> Sixers and former Lakers uh, banging bodies and causing earthquakes in L.A. Um, <laughs> but let's get the ball rolling here. Yeah. Um, where do you want to begin? The Fightins. The I mean, Fightins. We clowned them, what, a few episodes ago? The Philadelphia baseball team? Yeah. And I think what we say, best case scenario, they split 2-2 in L.A. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, three, almost a sweep if it wasn't for a walk-off home run, I believe, or whatever. Walk-off hit. So I, um, I, I worked open to close at my store on Monday. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit slower there versus the, the other store I work open to close later in the uh, Wednesdays. Um, and I was like straightening everything up and I, I yeah. re-listened to the podcast. The only game I thought the Phillies were going to win was the, the one game they lost. <laughs> I said, you know what? I think they get that Sunday game. They're going to wear the red jerseys. That's a good matchup. I think they'll come out hitting. And then naturally that's the one game they lose, which they probably should have won. Yeah. But, uh, won, but I guess when you break down each of the games, two of them could have gone, uh, three of them could have gone either way. I mean, so, you have it here in the notes. The Thursday Friday game almost blew it. Almost blew it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. So the first game, which we like briefly touched on before, yeah. they were up, I believe, seven, one or like six one. They almost blew it in that game. Um, the Shades Dodgers of, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, the Dodgers came back and tied it in the eighth, and then the Phillies took the lead in the ninth. And then virtually the same thing happened on, in game two. They were up, I believe, nine two or nine three or nine five something like that it mm-hmm. was nine nine going into um, extra innings i'm pretty sure well um uh, justin turner i think tied it in the eighth of the ninth it was nine nine the phillies put up i believe three runs and extras and then the dodgers put up one and they wound up closing the door and then the third game was more just offense philly that was the game where um what's his name schwarber hit a bomb uh, i think Camar- camargo hit one friday or saturday was i want to say that was ranger suarez that that sounds familiar. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think the first game was Wheeler because he was dominant. The second game was uh, was Gibson because he he actually got hit around a little bit, and then the third game was um, was Suarez, and then game four would have been Nola. Nola, yeah, because he never gets run support. So yeah. that was yeah. I mean, and he pitched well. Uh, by the way, we briefly touched on it before, but the Cleveland Guardians actually came back from a seven-one deficit in the eighth inning or in the ninth inning too. Um, I said last episode, but we'll touch on that later. And then later wound up being a week later, uh, <laughs> but the guardians came back and did the same thing to the, to the, uh, the white Sox that the Mets did to the Phillies. So that made me feel a little bit better when I saw that, but <laughs> Sunday, the bullpen monster came back and, uh, finally reared its ugly head. Corey Knable gave up, I believe three consecutive hits with two outs, um, uh, before Gavin Lux won the game with a, a hit down the line that scored, um, Chris Taylor. So. Is what it is, but yeah. uh, it sucks that it was that way, especially when it was within reach. It's good that they won the first three games to have a little bit of extra play money or cushion toward the end, but um, it is what it is. Uh, it would have been nice to win the fourth, but three out of four against probably the best team in baseball is not uh, not something to sneeze at. Yeah, I think that's the best case scenario. Obviously, a sweep would have been like eye opening, but uh, yeah, after especially after how they collapsed against the Mets. And how sour we were as they were going to L.A. against the powerhouse that is the Dodgers. Yeah. To get to leave L.A. virtually 
four nothing, but you know, you leave it three one. Yeah. I'm happy with it. It gives you confidence going forward. And if you if we're blessed to see them in the postseason, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be repeat, but the fact that you can hang with this team and the pitching can neutralize this offense, I'm all around happy with it. So the Phillies are weird, and I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but I know I've mentioned it to you know colleagues and friends. I've said for like three years now that if the Phillies make the playoffs, they would probably fare pretty well because they they play up to their competition more often than they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, more often than not, I mean, um, you know, sometimes they get you know hit hard by you know good teams, but at the same time, they play up against the Dodgers. They usually play up against you know teams from the American League. Like they, I think they took two out of three against the Yankees last year. And then the year before that, I think they took both games at Yankee Stadium against the Yankees. So, and they hit Boston very well. And, and they're probably then they play Houston later this season. Well, that'll be a good test. Uh, Seattle's very good. They took two out of three out there. Well, Seattle, not this season. Well, the, uh, they were, I believe, aren't they leading their division? I know the, the Angels are. Angels are. Yeah. Um, but, but they're they, beating yeah. the, the Blue Jays today. Yeah. Well, the, the Seattle's a good team. It's just they're missing a couple guys. And um, JP Crawford just came back. Mitch Hanniger's out a little bit. And Ty France is on fire, but they should have signed Cano, give yeah, him back in there. So if the Phillies were to make the playoffs, provided they don't have to, you know, push really hard at the very end to get there and blow through their pitching. Yeah. If they line up in a series with Wheeler slash Nola one and two in some order, Gibson game three, and then either Suarez or Eflin game four, that's I'm not gonna say it's an elite, you know, one, two, three, four-ish, but that's like a heck of a that's a pretty good, you know formidable rotation heading into a postseason series and the bats can certainly carry the problem is the defense will hurt him which we'll get to in a little bit but um this was a good example of you know the pitching just has to be good enough sometimes and then other times it just has to be good really good and the bullpen if they're in it hopefully they'll go out and get somebody but who knows do you think they're gonna go like a supporting cast role player in terms of either bat or or uh pitching or do they go for a bigger name in a small market for hitting and or pitching like at the uh like the deadline yeah um i think they'll just go role players i think they they kind of they went for the big home runs no pun intended during the offseason and they're going to try to build i think if, if they are in it the way they are right now where they're kind of fighting for maybe the second spot in the division like wild card kind of thing I, I can definitely see them adding one maybe two relievers at the deadline Maybe an extra outfielder just for defensive purposes late in the game. In that is, yeah, somebody who isn't Roman Quinn. And then Jesus. it maybe they'll, they'll probably need pitching too because I don't know how Wheeler's going to hold up. Eflin has trouble staying healthy sometimes, and Suarez has not pitched a full season in the majors. So I, they're going to need another starter slash you know swing guy that wouldn't hurt. So I, they have a lot of holes. And granted, they don't have a ton of assets to move, but... I think that they, if they want to at the deadline, they can definitely add. Because uh, from what I remember back in the 08 season for the Phillies, a great season, by the way, hmm. um, I think they made the move to get Jamie Moyer. So they got him. I think. Um, or the year before. They got him late in 06, which Jesus. was like a weird, was like a puzzling move because they were like, why did they get him? They got Joe Blanton in 08, though. That's who I'm thinking of then. Joe they also Blanton. brought in uh, Rudy Cienez, who was a former, I believe, Dodger and Red Sox reliever. Um, well, those two and Scott came Ayer clutch. from the Cubs, yeah. Those two came clutch. And they weren't like big, big names, like a superstar. 
but they weren't no slouch either. And yeah, that was that was Pat Gillick though, mm-hmm. and that was how he built his championship teams. He built the team from within, core being you know guys that were already here, and then he filled out the margins. So think about it, Matt Stairs, he got him straight up for Fabio Castro, who I don't think ever pitched in the majors. They got um, Joe Blanton for I believe. Travis Blackley might have been the guy they traded for him. Or no, um, Josh Out- Josh Altman was the pitcher they gave up for him. They brought Tadahito Iguchi back. Um, and that, uh, when they traded for Moyer, I'm sure they didn't give up anything either. They didn't lose anything in any of those trades, and he filled out the margins and got them role players, and it helped them win a title. Yeah. And I'm hoping – and Scott Ayer was probably for like a player to be named later, and Rudy Cena is probably literally just like a minor league free agent. So they, they got players onto that team without giving up too much. And then the next year, obviously, they – you know, they had to splurge on Cliff Lee and everybody I'd signed Pedro Martinez out of retirement. But I love Pedro. That, that's kind of how uh, they're going to have to do it this year. They're going to have to go find, you know, a middle to back end rotation guy and at least two relievers that have some sort of experience in big games because they can't go into the playoffs with a bullpen like this. They um, won't make the playoffs with a bullpen like this. Before we move on to the Padres series, mm-hmm. um, we talked about, I think last week or the week before, Joe Girardi's basically job is dead on arrival at any point the way we're talking now maybe we're high off of the the, the series with the Dodgers but uh, do you think his job is safe now question I don't know if it was ever really in jeopardy as it was um, I guess it was like in the moment for us we were yeah, just to us for sure. yeah for us definitely but uh, I don't think I think that having um, Dave Dombrowski here as the president of baseball operations He's more likely to hold on to Girardi than he, unless something colossal happens. But I do think his job's safe for now. I, I, he's got them playing pretty well, and it seems like he's pushing some of the right buttons. I mean, Hoskins in the leadoff spot some nights, Schwarber other nights. He's got, you know, Segura's driving in runs. The only guy right now who's really slumping is JT Realmuto, and he maybe got out of it tonight. So I think Schwarber is now. Schwarber's yeah, Schwarber's kind of – he's always cold in April from what I've seen, uh, just looking at his splits. But he did have a, a nice hit tonight up the middle, so yeah. hopefully that's what gets them rolling. Um, all right, uh, the Padres series happened uh, Tuesday. They lost three nothing, as you have it here. Bats go silent. Yeah. But today they won three nothing. I believe. Yep, three nothing. And I put uh, bats go boom, and Wheeler was electric. Uh, Wheeler ended the game with nine Ks. Wheeler was terrific tonight. Uh, I didn't see it, but I was listening to Fransky call it, and it sounded like he was pretty darn good. Yeah, from what I see here, seven innings pitched, uh, four hits, obviously no earned runs. It was a shutout. Uh, nine strikeouts. I think they had one other reliever, and then Knebel got his eighth yeah. save, I believe, of the season. He didn't blow it. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. Um, here's the scoring uh, scenario or re- recap. Mm-hmm. Ramoto in the first inning, uh, RBI single up the middle. As Hoskins scored, and I believe uh, Nick Castellanos to third. And then in the third inning, Hoskins, and I just saw the video, a 370-foot yeah. bomb to left got out, field. Got out in a hurry. That thing was on a line. That was like a Stanton home run. Stanton home run? You and your Yankee fucking reference. Hey, you got well, kidding. he's known for hitting those like line drives that are like barely you know, off the ground. You know who else is? Albert Pujols off of Lidge in Houston. That thing's still traveling. That ball hasn't landed yet. He, uh, he actually <laughs> stole a base tonight. Oh, Albert Pujols. He's got to be like the oldest player in MLB history to steal a base and pitch an inning within five days of each other. I would think Bartolo Colon is a strong candidate for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's still pitching, I think. He might be. Um, That's because he was on PEDs 10 years ago. Yeah, right. 
And then uh, lastly, in the fourth inning, Adubel Herrera doubled to right as uh, Schwaba scored. So. Just inside the line. That was a good piece of hitting by Adubel. Schwaba, by the way, that happened as I was pulling under my block trying to yeah. find parking, which is impossible because there's a carnival going on down the street. Um, oh, really? so it's like there's like a church and then like a, a playground or not like a playground slash like park so there's a uh, carnival going on mm-hmm. i couldn't find parking and as i was pulling up i heard the the schwarber single and it sounded like it was hit very hard and then Oduble followed it up a couple batters later um Romuto, by the way was the, the one guy i thought was like really struggling mm-hmm. aside from like roman quinn but he sucks anyway yeah um, he's only there because of uh unfortunately harper yeah he's just kind of here um uh Romuto, they said on the on the radio broadcast night, Fransky was like, well, he's really struggling. He's got, I think like three home runs and only seven RBIs. And then boom, that's a single right up the middle and scores a run. So you know what his problem is? He comes up for that stupid Applebee's song. What? Uh, what? Until, until he changes his walk up music from the Applebee's song to something that's like not trash. I think he's going to continue to hit 238. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I got to hear this one it's after the, the show. It's the one on the, the TV. By the way, last night, Zach Eflin pitched pretty well in his return from the COVID IL. And, uh, he was out? COVID? Yeah, he was out for a few weeks. Bailey Falter actually started a game uh, in his absence. But he pitched pretty well. One, uh, six hits, I think it was like one earned run. He got the loss, but uh, he, he didn't pitch poorly. And then uh, it was Alvarado tonight that pitched the eighth inning, which is good to get him uh, you know, a pretty high leverage situation, a hold. And he didn't walk anybody, didn't hit any batters, and he didn't throw any balls to the backstop. So good for him to have a you know pretty clean inning. And then Canabel threw four pitches and got three outs in the ninth. So can't ask for much more from your bullpen. <laughs> they got a, a two clean innings, no no blow ups, and then a, pretty much a whole an entire fresh pitching staff for tomorrow, which is a day game after a night game. So the closer may not be available, but only throwing four pitches, he might be fine. Or if it's like a big enough run, differential. Uh... Don't put in Norwood. God, he needs to redeem himself somehow. Uh, Speaking of tomorrow, I don't know where else I'll be able to slip this in, but Scott Fransky will be calling his first television regular season MLB game tomorrow because Tom McCarthy will be attending his daughter's graduation. Oh, nice. Uh, Fransky uh, was with the Rangers before coming to Philly. Actually turned down the TV gig over there. And then the only time I can remember him doing a TV game was during spring training this year. So I'm excited. Um, I'm not going to see it, obviously, because it's 1 o'clock on a Thursday, so I'll be at work, but uh, yeah. good for him. Excited for him. Uh, I know that he doesn't really enjoy doing that, but it's been kind of cool uh, between Tom McGinnis and now Fransky getting a chance to do some TV games. Bring back Tom McGinnis. I like him. I like him, too. I like Tom McGinnis, and I liked it when he did it with Mark Jackson because Mark Jackson was cool. Which one, Mark Jackson? The the Philly one, the, the uh. former, former backup to Derek Coleman. Um, <laughs> so the Dodgers will be in town – uh, so tomorrow actually is Darvish versus Gibson. That's another good pitching matchup. Who do you got? Um, you know, give me the Darvish Phillies. Is give me the Phillies. I don't know. Darvish is nasty. Darvish is very good, um, and it's he's he, he honestly, if, if you're into pitching, he's a magician. Throws like eight different pitches. Throws like two different curveballs. There's a cutter. He, he's a he's a phenomenal pitcher. But uh, I like Gibson tomorrow. Sinker baller. Keep the ball down. Let the Padres get themselves out. And I like uh, who's gonna hit a home run tomorrow. Give me Nick Castellanos. Give me a double home run tomorrow. Mm, I like that. Probably like plus six hundred. Um, Bucket. Do you like him tomorrow? The Phillies. Yeah. 
I think it'll be a close one, nail biter. I think it'll be like a three two Phillies. Okay. Darvish is pretty good. Yeah, Darvish is a good pitcher. Um, they also have Atlanta coming to town right after. The, I'm sorry, so they have the Dodgers coming to town. They'll be here Friday through Sunday, and then Atlanta will come here at the beginning of next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, I guess, probably recap those yeah. by the time they happen. Uh, Dodgers coming to town to probably sweep the Phillies, and then the Braves to coming to town. Yeah. And, and the Atlanta Braves coming to town. To reclaim their, their top spot in the NL East. Um, for the time being, the Phillies will still be without Bryce Harper. Uh, Jim Salisbury did offer an update today via Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joe Girardi, this is um, per Jim Salisbury on Twitter. Joe Girardi today said doctors have adjusted Bryce Harper's timing. Uh, so this is written in shorthand. I yeah. copied and pasted the tweet, so it, it's not full English. Uh, Joe Girardi said doctors have adjusted Bryce Harper timing. Won't throw for six weeks. If all goes well, would need several weeks to ramp up throwing. So possible he doesn't play field till late July, early August, provided all goes well. Phil's hopeful he can DH tomorrow, meaning Thursday. Um, so just to give, just put some like prepositions into that. Mm-hmm. Um, Harper will not be throwing for at least six weeks. Um, we talked before, Girardi said that he threw a little bit, discomfort, tried it again, discomfort. So he got some sort of an injection. Mm-hmm. And that's where I believe how they came out with the uh, the partial UCL issue. Um it's interesting because it, it, he being a left-handed batter, it's actually his front shoulder because he throws right-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys might actually be able to get away with this when they're hitting, you know, opposite-handed from the shoulder that's bothering them. Yeah, it's probably good for him because if it were his left shoulder, he wouldn't probably wouldn't be able to hit. But um, nah, so he, it's a good chance he won't play the field again probably this year. But there's a good chance he won't play the field again until late um, summer. And I, I'm still not ruling out a trip to the IL at some point because it's almost inevitable. Yeah. And uh, I would definitely then shop for a quality outfielder. Roman Quinn's not going to get it done. I mean, he's yeah. good for the bench and pinch hitting here and there, but if Harper's not going to really be out there and fielding is going to be an issue when you do these road games, yeah, you're going to need someone out there. It might, just be, it might just be the fanboy in me saying this because What's he's up? my favorite player. Trevor Story. But, but if Harper's not going to be DHing, mm-hmm. you consider maybe putting Hoskins as your full time DH and give San Diego a call and see if they want to leave Eric Hosmer in Philly. Uh, he's got a big contract, so they might need them to eat some of it, but they were willing to trade him to the Mets before the season started. Yeah. Now he's second in the NL in hitting, so I don't think that his value is as low as it was before the season, but he can scoop it at first base. He can, another lefty bat, he can kind of hit in the middle of that lineup. So if Harper can't play, Hoskins moves to full-time DH and you get Hosmer at first, but I think they're more likely to go um, Castellanos and Schwarber kind of platooning at the DH spot and they go and get another bat. Um, I don't know who's really out there right now. Conforto might not come back until the end of the season. Brett Gardner's available, but it seems like he only wants to go to New York. Um, So you might have to just make a trade for somebody. Um, Brett Gardner with some hair. I would see maybe what it takes to get Tommy Pham from um, from the Reds. Maybe he would be a good fit here. I mean, the Reds are just a fire sell away. Yeah, they would they would trade him for peanuts if they could. <laughs> so as of uh, Wednesday night, which is right before Thursday. Oh, so yeah, good call. Phillies are eighteen and nineteen. They are now sole possession in second place in the division. Joel just made himself. He's real Ricky Gervais over here. Um, yeah. They're alone in second place in the division, five and a half behind the Mets, and a half game ahead of the Marlins. Um, the Mets are twenty-four and fourteen with a plus thirty-six run differential. Phillies are eighteen and nineteen at a plus eighteen. 
Miami is 17 and 19 with a plus 20. Then Atlanta is 17 and 21 at a minus 13. Mm. And Washington is 12 and 26 with a minus 46 run differential. The Phillies are 11 and 10 at home with a plus 13 run differential and eight and nine on the road. It feels like they're a better road team, but they're actually technically a better home team. Yeah. Plus five and on the road. Um, offensively, they're going into today's game. They were second in batting average, eighth in on base percentage, sixth in runs scored, sixth in home runs, and second in slugging in all the major leagues. Um, four qualified hitters on the Phillies and one unqualified hitter, uh, meaning uh, the player did not have enough plate appearances, are above 340 in on base percentage. So a non-starter. Uh, okay. Yeah, so Harper, Bohm, Segura, Castellanos, and then Gregorius, the fifth guy who uh, is on the uh, IL, so he hasn't played enough. But he was actually hitting the ball when he got hurt. So hopefully he comes back and hits the ball well. Um, Harper and Schwarber each have nine home runs. Hoskins hit his seventh tonight. Segura's got six and Castellanos has five. RBIs, Harper's at 27. Castellanos and Schwarber heading into tonight each had 21. Hoskins now has 20. Boom, 15. And Segura, 14. The problem is the pitching has kind of let him down a little bit. Hmm. Part of that was not having Wheeler and Eflin for a little bit. And also them not being, you know, uh, Suarez and Wheeler not being fully, you know, you know, game ready because they didn't really have a spring training. They're 23rd in ERA, 23rd in opponents batting average, and 19th in whip, which are all in the bottom third of the league. Or two of the three are in the bottom third. One is just on the cusp of being in the bottom third of the league. So that will hopefully pick up, but it's also the bullpen contributing to that as well, not just the rotation. I was just going to say the bullpen because I saw it firsthand. That bullpen absolutely was dreadful. Well, one person particularly, Norwood. Should have been fired. No, I'm joking. He actually, I think he pitched last night too. I'm surprised they didn't send him down to the minors. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know who's down to the farm. I don't really look at the farm, but bring a bat for offensive purposes or a fielder or a pitch and give someone a chance because yeah. Norwood, yeesh. And I would bring a triple A AAA closer up. If yeah. if Knievel's going to like struggle, be on and off like that, I'd need a consistent closer because Brad Lidge was consistent for, in my eyes, he was consistent. For yeah, the, uh, part of his run here. So help could be on the way in the form of a bat. Mickey Moniak will begin a uh, rehab stint tomorrow night. Uh, he'll be in AAA, uh, hopefully ramping up to come back to the majors. And then maybe when he comes back, Matt Veerling will get sent down. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that Veerling is probably going to benefit from his swing is obviously broken. He's a good fielder and he's fast, but yeah. he could, he would benefit from playing and, um, you know, every day in AAA and seeing pitching every day versus playing sparingly because he hasn't really seen the field at all lately. Um, and it seems like Quinn and Herrera are kind of the, the platoon and center. Herrera actually played left tonight with uh, Harper out, so they DH'd um, Schwarber. Schwarber, I believe, yeah. Um, also, how about Bohm? Because prior to the season, he was kind of the name rumored around to be moved. Then he had that, you know, I hate this having plays. Yeah. Fans love him. He's been hitting pretty decent fielding better but you think he's also need on the block so i don't think so now at this point um maybe before the season because he was kind of fringe like maybe maybe he has no value we should maybe trade him while we still can uh, he looks more like 2020 boom which is an everyday player who can hit uh last year he, he did look lost he played a lot and he really didn't perform well but it's nice to see him hitting again and i think he's a perfect example of what you want on the two spot in your lineup um, especially if you have as much thunder as they do yeah he may be even in the future will profile as your leadoff hitter because he's not a big bopper so i i think he fits on this team right now he's a necessary piece of this team with harper not playing so 
and he's been good. I think he leads the team in batting average. Um, if not, it is uh, might be Castellanos, but Castellanos kind of slumped a little toward the uh, the end of that Seattle series. So, mm. I mean, Bowman. I mean, tonight he batted second behind yeah. Hoskins. So, I mean, you're onto something. He could be moving up. Yeah, yeah he's he's up. been there a little bit lately, um, and I, I I think that's actually his best place in the lineup because uh when he first came up he was like sixth and hoskins was the two hitter in 2020 and then hoskins hit second again last year Mm. and then segura moved to second segura makes sense in the two spot but he's been driving in runs so i would keep him closer to five six seven that area i like bowman the two spot when he was um real when he was he hit like 330 as a rookie um i think that's easy for me to say he's that's primarily where he hit was two three in the lineup toward the end of his rookie year uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do in, by the trade deadline. I mean, it's not till what another month or two. Yeah, or later not, not for a while. I think July thirty first is the deadline. Yeah, but so they, they have plenty of time to figure out who they are. I mean, hopefully they're realistic, and if they're not really like in it, yeah, make a you know positive move, but don't make something stupid. I agree. Speaking of stupidity, uh oh, we're gonna move on to the hardwood. We're gonna put probably more time and energy into the, in the Sixers than we will the other teams that are still playing. Um, so we're going to grade each player on the Sixers mm-hmm. and then also do um, our version of stay or go. <laughs> um, but first, before we do that, um, I want to talk a little bit about the exit interviews. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see any of these or if you've seen any of the quotes. No. So they did obviously the interviews after game six versus Miami. And then a few days later, they did the the thing where the guys like clean out the lockers and stuff, and they do their interviews. Yeah. That the te- like the, it, usually it's nothing. It's usually well, you know, you know, we had a good season. It's uh, disappointing how it ended. Always disappointing here because it's never actually reaching or exceeding expectations. But so Tobias Harris uh, was one of a couple players that mentioned uh, men- mental toughness and kind of like heart and grit and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he mentioned mental toughness after Game Six. Uh, one of the few guys that night that did it. And then George Niang reiterated it during his exit interview, talking about how this team kind of lacked that, you know, that next gear or that like mental, the focus, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's what we saw, but it's always interesting to hear a player say something like that. I uh, kind of wanted to see how you felt about that. Do you like it? Or do you think it's kind of like another example of them kind of pushing off the blame? I mean, I don't want to rehash this. This sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll breeze through that part. But uh, I, I just thought it was very interesting that the guys mentioned this and actually like said it. Sometimes you walk, you kind of tiptoe around it, but you kind of. It's good that they, they should have been more vocal leading up to the games or, you know, being more vocal in general. I don't know how vocal they are in the locker room, but yeah, I like it that they mentioned it. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, they did not perform well at all. Yeah. And at home. No, can't be doing that. Yeah, two disheartening performances here. The thing that Niang said that I, I kind of took away, and I, I'm sorry if I'm misquoting this, but I think at one point he said, I don't want to say that we quit. Ooh. And then like dot, dot, dot. When you say that, yeah, you are buddy. insinuating it. So um, so I did. I mean, let's be real. I think I called it what, in the middle of when I watched it. I'm like, it yeah. looks like this team quit in the fourth oh, quarter. Yeah, they, look, they look like they completely gave up. <laughs> Um, so do you think that this team is going to make a move this offseason? We're going to dive more into free agency as we get there, but 
Uh, do you think they're going to kind of go after, maybe make that a focal, a, a focus heading into free agency slash trade market in the offseason of getting just a guy who's got like, um, it, it's becoming more, it's like a meme at this point, but it's like a guy that kind of has like that dog in him. Um, like I don't think Pat, necessarily like a that. Pat Bev kind of guy. No, they like people who they can control. <laughs> That's a good point too. Um, yeah, Maury likes his friends and people that have cartoon giraffes as their Twitter pictures. And plus, this is James Harden's team, so Ugh. whatever he wants, you know. Oh, oh, don't th- say that. All oh, right, right, right. It doesn't sound great, does it? But that's the reality of it. Um, well, I don't believe that. Obviously, let's. No, I, I hope nobody believes it. Well, Morty and Harden probably do. Um, do I believe that they'll be active in the off season? Yes. Do I believe that they're going to make some moves? Yes. Do I believe they're going to find that grit dog that you know player that you're mentioning? No. But I think they have it. They just need to be more vocal. And that's uh, Max, he needs to be more vocal. And definitely, if Tobias is here, he can be more vocal. Definitely, Embiid needs to be more vocal. Yeah. That's the one now. He has to to lead by example, not by speaking to. Yeah. Um, Because if he goes, so does Maxi. And when those two go, the whole team kind of follows suit. Yeah. We agree on that. Quote unquote, quitting comes from, but. Yeah. So it starts at the top. So I think they have two guys on the roster currently who are candidates to maybe be that guy. One of them is kind of more, is less likely because he's been in the league a little while and it kind of just is who he is. And that's Niang. Um, Him saying that during the interview though, kind of makes me think he doesn't have it in him. But when you see him on the floor, he does have a little bit of that fire. The other one is B-ball Paul. Um, because I he's feel good like as gone. He, he's the only guy on the team that played with energy in the playoffs. And he, he kind of, he struck me as like, this is exactly what you wanted as your center. A guy that can stretch the floor a little bit. He's not a shooter, but can stretch the floor a little bit, can run and has just like, he plays like with his hair on fire. Yeah. And that's what they've been missing forever. And they've cycled through bigs and drumming was good, but in the playoffs, he would have been played off the floor. So he was never the answer anyway. And like the only big that I think they really got rid of that would have benefited from staying here and being in B's backup was Rashawn Holmes. And I think, um, and obviously Christian Wood would have been good too, but um, B-Ball Paul reminds me of a young Rashawn Holmes in, in a way, even though he might be older than when Rashawn hit the league. He, although he might be more refined because he was a G League MVP. So Yeah. I mean, they um, have Bassey. Bassey's interesting too. I, I like the idea of having those two as the backups, although I still... Uh, I hate to say it, but I think they do kind of need a veteran in the room that can come in and maybe take the temperature of a game from time to time. Um, so I did find a, a list of 2022 free agents. It's not as you know exotic as previous lists. Yeah. So you're not going to see like Kevin Durant and other guys like that on there, although Irving is on there. Um, so I, I just I kind of cherry picked names that I thought might make sense as like that kind of like that fiery, you know, kind of like the enforcer kind of guy. Now some of these are more obvious than others and others i kind of just like get a squint to see it okay. i'm just gonna read names and you can just give me a yes or a no okay. um, do you, would you want them slash do you think they'll they would be a good fit here so um let's just not even take contract into um and get into consideration because i don't even know who they can sign at this point but um so let's just start here uh serge Ibaka. well i think contract for some of these players i see on this list but serge some of them, yeah. yeah so two of them in particular but yeah yeah i would take serge uh montrez harrell I will I, like it because I agree of the grit. On, uh, I agree on Ibaka, by the way. I like it because of his – he can score, 
but also he can play defense and he's in that face. He's that bully. And he's used to coming off the bench too. Yeah. But and he's a tenacious rebounder. Is he is the locker room gonna gel? I don't know. But question. for me, Harold, yeah. yes. Uh, how about you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh Andre Godala. No. He's yes. great. I think he'd be a perfect replacement for Danny Green. No way. But he wouldn't be able to play as many minutes. Exactly. That's, that's the all. only concern. Yeah. That's my that's why I've put no. Fair. You know, you're right. I'm gonna go no as well. Uh, he's Kyle. great for the locker room, sure, and leadership. Yeah, and you're probably right. For yeah, sure, right but that. he's a coach on the floor. Hey, all right. Will he want to play more minutes than he is allotted? But I mean, I mean, Christ. I mean, if, if your other options are Maz and Thibel, he's gonna have to play minutes anyway. Maybe he's not a good example, but these are just like again, these are just names I found. And okay, we'll put Iggy. We'll go. We'll put Iggy. I'm, I'm gonna go no though. I'm gonna flip. Uh, Kyle Anderson. E. I'm gonna go 100 yes. I'm trying to figure out who's Kyle Anderson. <laughs> the thing with him is he can actually dribble too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember. White <laughs> That's boy? the typical. Uh, light skin. He used to be a Spurs on the Memphis now, I believe. I don't think they let him go, but I, uh, I would love him here. He's got no. a big head. Um, no. No. Yeah, this, this next no. one is exactly who we want and exactly who I've wanted for about three years PJ Tucker. Yeah. Uh, no. That's yes, what time, he did. Yes, times 100. No, fuck him. I, I would take him. 11 PJ Tuckers on my team before I take one James Harden. He'll never come to Philly. That's why. I want someone who wants to be here, not because I don't know. Well, I mean, he was, he was a buck and then he was on Miami. So, I mean, he's going to win two consecutive titles probably. Uh, Patty Mills. This is a little bit different, but he fills a different need as well. Yes. Yeah, me too. Um, Dennis Schroeder. No. The original L. Uh, yes. <laughs> now, this one's interesting. Robin Lopez. No. He'll be played right off the floor. I think I want him on this team. Um, Jeff Green. Yes. A different, obviously, different role, but yeah. He's like a younger Ibaka in my eyes, just less of a rim protector. Uh, Bobby Portis, although he's never going to leave Milwaukee. No. Uh, he's I'm too just gonna go. He's too on and off. I'm going to go no just for I don't think he'll ever leave there. Uh, Miles Bridges is a restricted free agent. So a thousand probably percent, to, yes. You would have to trade for him, uh, but yeah, me too. I will see ya. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Markeith Morris is injured because of the whiplash from uh, Jokic, so I don't, know what his, I don't know what his – I saw you tweeted that the other day. I was like, somebody else called him Doughboy, and then I realized it was you. Um, <laughs> so, Marquise Morris, again, coming back from injury, so I don't really know. It's kind of cloudy, but... It would be nice, a Philly boy, but... Yeah. He's probably, like, his uh, career's probably done. Warriors defeat Mavericks 1-12-87. Um, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Dedman. I honestly don't know who that is. Uh, I'm going to go no. He, he's the Heat backup center, but he also couldn't play in the Sixers series, so I don't think he's a good fit here. And then DeMarcus Cousins. Yes, there's but... not a yeah. <laughs> no. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that Doc Rivers can coach him. Him and James Harden. No. Although he was really good as Jokic's backup this year. Yeah, um, but so, he would get in, in some of these guys' face, especially if they were like "quote unquote" quitting. Need that. He would be in their face. Like, hundred percent need that because that guy wants to win a title. Yeah. Um, so Daryl Morey uh, mentioned star hunting. Um, just initial reaction: good, bad, or kind of in the middle. Bad. Oh, bad. I agree. I agree. I do not want a Bradley Beal. I do not want a Damian Lillard. Um, Brian Windhorst doubled down. He mentioned that Daryl Morey wants a star. The names that he mentioned as players who could potentially be traded are uh, Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. God. Um, I kind of don't want to trade Maxey, and I, or I definitely don't want to trade Maxey. I kind of don't want to trade Harris. I was about to say, excuse me. 
you kind of don't want to yeah. trade Maxi. Maxi might be number two right now in terms of players that if they trade away, I would not want to be a fan anymore. Embiid, obviously, number one. I'll, t- I'll I'll go a little step further. If they trade Maxi, I will not watch a single game of this fucking team. Excuse me for my language. I will it's not attend. No, I like Maxi too much. And what plus, they I, just got, bu- I just bought a jersey. What, yeah, that's true. What if, <laughs> well, what if they got Donovan Mitchell? No. The spider? He couldn't even do it with a big in Gobert, who was the defensive player. Well, he's, he a, he's a gargoyle. <laughs> that's true. He's not a he's not a modern big. He's he's kind All of right. st- It's weird that the by the way, if it's weird that Toronto wants him. him. Oh, Does he? Supposedly really? Toronto is interested in Gobert. They were the one team I thought would never use a guy like that. I mean, they were small. Exactly, but they were they were good. Yeah, but they uh, that's a that's a different discussion. They need, they need a superstar like Kawhi to kind of just balance that all out. Yeah. Um, but Spider, that's if Harden's not here. But then yeah. you're trading away Maxi. That's why you got Spider and yeah. and Bean. The thing with most of these names that I've that I heard on the radio today is that there's not enough basketballs to appease all the people that would be on the floor together. Yeah. Beal is maybe the only one that maybe makes sense, but he can't play a lick of defense. Lillard at this point, I don't think he can. I think he's going to turn into Harden. Um, he is Harden, probably. He's getting there. He, I don't know how much younger he is than Harden. Probably only like two or three years, but My he's man doesn't close wanna, to it. He doesn't want to leave Portland, Oregon. You know damn well he has a set of like a, a room of women he I, goes to. I'm going to fire off the, the Fireman Joe hot take alarm. Oh, and I'm going to give you a. It's not even a hot take. It's just a uh, a prediction. A spoiler. Opening night this next season. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard's newest teammate will be DeAndre Ayton. I think the Blazers are going to trade for DeAndre Ayton. Nurkic si- gone. Si- sign and trade. I don't know. Whatever they're going to do to get it. I don't think they have to say. He's a restricted free agent. So. Oh, okay. Uh, and I don't know if you saw, but Monty Williams apparently. Um, was very firm with Aiden. He said he quit on him. And then after the game, they asked why he didn't play. And he said uh, it was internal. Pro- probably the most firm answer he's ever given. He said it's internal. All right. Thanks. That's for, gross. Thank you, Mr. Vague. Um, uh, and then one more question about um, about former and or future players. Um, yeah. How do you feel about all of the Jimmy Butler talk? It's been three years. Is this warranted because of everything that happened? Or is it just annoying at this point? Well, you're I have closer. a strong opinion once you're kind of. Yeah, you're closer to the sun than me on this. I'm only from this question. I'm referring to what he said post game, like literally after the game, and then what yeah. he said as he went to the locker. I'm also going by what everybody else is saying on Twitter. What the Embiid himself has said things about him. I haven't, uh, I haven't read or seen or any of that stuff. Whining. I'm just gonna go from what I saw and heard post game, and then when he walked to the locker. Yeah. I think it's warranted and you know, he's he said what was on his mind. He wasn't playing no three D chess. And uh I would feel the same way too, a chip on my shoulder. Like I wanted to be here. I was happy to be here. I played with one of the best players in the world in Embiid. But management wasn't great. Coach wasn't great. Yeah. You let these bums do whatever they want. He said it on the JJ Reddick podcast basically. Where that team was just ridiculous. TJ was bullied and didn't really step up. And then management didn't want him anyway. They wanted to figure out how to control Butler. It's like, what the fuck? I would have left too. And then you paid Tobias Harris. And we saw how that disaster went. I, really I mean, I want to keep Tobias, was... but the money was not worth it. You could have just paid so, Butler. But that's my to, take. 
to clear up the Tobias thing, I really think it was not Jimmy or Tobias. Mm. I think it was Jimmy or Al Horford. Because Horford was the immediate signing the second they traded Jimmy. Tobias signed that contract when they realized Jimmy. Because Jimmy apparently said, I think it was on Reddick's podcast, that two weeks into being here, he knew he didn't want to be here for the following year. So they had to basically hedge their bets and not lose both of them. So they had to keep Tobias. Um, I think all the players and all the other people like the media talking about Jimmy and, you know, wishing he was still here is like loser energy. I think, it, I think it's just annoying at this point. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really, it's, it's no better than all the Nick Foles crap. So I think guy. it's a loser way to look at things. It's um, it, it's, it's just not healthy. Where's it going to get you complaining about it's not going to fix the problem. Mm-mm. Me getting blocked on Twitter by Ruben Amaro for mentioning that he traded Cliff Lee was not going to magically bring Cliff Lee back for 2010. So, uh, although it did magically bring him back in 2011, so maybe this will work. But J- the Jimmy thing, can we just put it to bed? He beat the Sixers. It's over. Just stop talking about him. He's a loser. I, I don't care what time he f- pretends to wake up to drink coffee. He doesn't drink coffee. Uh, he's banging Rachel Nichols in a hotel room. Um, I- let's stop talking about Jimmy Butler like he's you know LeBron James. Man shot 18% from three in the regular season and shot 27% from the mid-range. So let's stop. Let's just stop. I Again. Think it's, it's loser energy, especially from your best player. And, and what, How do you think Tyrese Maxey feels or James Harden feels? Not that we're, you know, James Harden apologists, but how do you think those guys feel when they sit there and they, and they see him be going, oh, I wish they, I wish we really had uh, Jimmy Butler back on my team. Hey, that's what he said. Yeah, he said, you know, I never wanted him to leave. I wish he was still here. I don't understand how we let him get away. Well, that, what kind of crap is that? That's yeah, loser that energy. That's loser energy. Focus on the now. Focus on the here. Focus on what you're going to do next. Get better. See, see, I was just talking about from the initial. What he was saying. Yeah, I didn't know that Embiid said that. I didn't read anything on Twitter. Yeah, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of people on Twitter. Oh, well, the Jimmy could have been here. They Look what Tobias did. Well, it, revisionist history. At the time, a lot of people said, oh, yeah. "Why would you give Jimmy five years? He's got he's beat the shreds because of Tibbs playing him thirty eight minutes a night, and he's got a lot of mileage on him. He didn't shoot a three for three months when he was on the Sixers, and even in the playoffs, it looked like he was moving at half speed. So, <laughs> the fact that he didn't want to be here, and the second free agency opened, and the and the legal tampering period opened, they traded him to, to Miami. Does that should not surprise anybody? So yeah. let's stop pretending that this was always a potential outcome that he was going to stay here." You really think that they were going to trade away Simmons and fire Brett Brown four months after acquiring Jimmy Butler, who was at the early 30s and one of five-year Supermax? I'm going to pass on that. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're better because they could let him go, but the risk-reward was not worth it. Yeah, at the time, yeah. Because I understand he got to the finals the next year, but he was terrible last year. Pretty sure he got swept out of the second round last year, if not the first yeah. round. Uh, it's just because he's surrounded by phenomenal role players. Put him on any other team, and he's probably quitting on them too. He quit on two teams, three teams in two years, at three years, or fighting them in practice. Quit on the Bulls, the Timberwolves, and the Sixers within two, three years of each other. So that's not somebody you invest a lot of money in. And he obviously wanted to go someplace else. So let's stop talking about him and let's yeah. start talking about the Sixers. All right. Um, so we're gonna do player grades, um, not. I guess like A, A minus, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to do stay or go. Would you, what would you do? And what do you think they will do? So Oof. let's go with the starters first. This is probably the easier of the, the four areas. Uh, and B. A plus. A plus. Obviously stay. And obviously they're going to keep them. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
All right, this is the hardest one. Uh, James Harden has a player option. It is unsure. It, I'm sorry, it has um, not been reported whether he's going to opt in or out. What would you give his grade as a sixer? C. I'll go C plus because he did have a pretty strong regular season at times and then uh, did save them in game four or whatever it was. Game, was it game three or game four? I think it was game four. Five. No, four, Whatever. Four, 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 yeah. four, four. Um, what do you what would you do? If I'm signing him, it's probably like a two year player option for two. No max. Not giving him the bank. I know he has the numbers and he deserves it, I guess, on paper, but from what I've seen, no. no it's another no. it's another butler thing, just maybe a little bit better caliber player. Uh what do you think they will do? Give him the max. I'm gonna go so I'm going to go C plus. I would probably give him like maybe three years at like $20 million. I don't want to sign to a big contract. What do I think they'll do? I think they'll give him something like that, but more rich, but not a max. I think they give him three years, like 30 million a year and maybe have like incentives in the contract. Cause he did say he wants to sign a contract or he wants to be here in a way to allow for them to surround the team with other players. So whether he opts out and signs a contract now or he opts in and then he is on approve it, we'll find out. Do you uh, like Tyre, that? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you like that he has influence then on the player that they, that him and Embiid think will be best suited as the third max guy, quote unquote? Yes. I know he's not getting a max, but he would be considered like the three out of the big three. I think he'll have a big impact on role player signing here because they see how good of a distributor he is and they see how good Embiid is. And uh, uh, whether... You know, the internet and what the NBA thinks are very different uh, as it relates to Doc Rivers. Yeah. So players probably want to play for him versus, but, you know, what the internet tells you. He's so overrated and he blows all these leads. But I'm I talking think, about – oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you mean like you mean like star or do you mean just yeah, star. attracting free because agents? Because if he's going to take less so they can bring in you know enough money, enough cap to bring in a big player, unless he's talking about what you're saying, role players, then sure. Yeah. But it – for what how I interpreted it, he's taking less to make sure we get someone who wants to be here and who's a big time player. You're probably right. Um, I guess I'm more hoping that they go after because I remember I said before two yeah. superstars surround those guys with role players. I don't need the three stars. Look at Miami; they have two stars, you have and then Maxie. a lot of really good role players. You have Maxi. Look at uh, I mean, I guess it's different with Milwaukee because Holiday and. Uh, Middleton are kind of in like that next tier. It's not two guys at the top, mm-hmm. but I really thought the the Chris Paul, James Harden, Rockets were the perfect example of how to build a team. And that's two guys fall, uh, filled out the roster with a lot of other guys that are just good role players. Uh, Maxi, A, uh, A. He he just improved in everything. Uh, obviously, keeping him right. Oh yeah. I, now, do you think they will? No. No. I think they will. I don't think so. I think it'll be other guys that go to trade. Spice Harris. It's a tough one. The next two are very difficult, actually. A strong B, maybe even hinging on a B minus, which doesn't make sense. Strong B is a strong B, but yeah. I'll say strong B. I'll stick that. Um, what would they? What would I want them to do? Yeah, what would keep him? Then maybe restructure his contract if that's possible. Maybe less. I don't know. Or if that's just taking more money, then fuck it, just keep it as is. What I think they'll do, move him, one thousand percent. So I'm gonna go. 
like whatever is between a B minus and a B. So I guess like a B, like half of a minus. Because I thought he was good, and he was good in the playoffs. He, he went silent at times, but when he figured out his role here, he was good. Yeah. Um, what would I do? I would probably keep him, um, just because I don't know if you trade him if you're going to get adequate value in return, and you're already over yeah. the cap anyway. So trading him, you're going to need another max contract. You're, what, what are you going to get, John Wall? And then, um, what do I think happens? I think they trade him in a deal with one other guy on this list that I'll get to in a moment for probably another old guy that sucks. Um, so Danny Green has a non-guaranteed, I think it's 11 million this year. Uh, what would your grade for him be? And then what do you want to do? What do you think they do? A C plus. I'm uh, probably on this in the same area. C. A C. Um, I would keep him. What I think they'll do. They'll keep him because they like him and he's a good player, but I wouldn't be surprised if they let him go because of the age and the injury. And the contract. And the contract, but I think they'll keep him. I think what will happen is... He wants to be here too. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I'm going to go C for the regular season and like A- minus for the playoffs because truthfully he was Jeez. like the third best player in the playoffs. So that'll kind of meet a middle ground. I'll go like B-. minus. I'll weigh this season a little heavier because it was longer. I'll go B- minus for Danny Green, mm-hmm. who was, who is, by the way, a winning player. And even though we pick on him, He's the kind of guy every team needs. There's a no, it's not a surprise he won three championships. Um, I would keep him 100%. I think what they end up doing is they keep him and they use that contract as like trade money, basically. And they make a trade work by moving him because he's probably not going to play until late in the season, if any, if at all, because of the ACL. He's the second player in the big MCL, whatever. Yeah. And there's another guy on the list too that I'm thinking of being a trade. Um, But yeah, Danny Green, first of all, well wishes to him speed recovery for sure um, so rotation guys so i split this to the five starters one two three four five rotation guys two guys that are probably not even going to stay and then like five who knows what they are guys so the first of the rotation guys is george niang who i guess was kind of their sixth man anyway b minus b minus say the same b minus in the season playoffs dreadful bad i mean an F. That's just being mean. So I'll be a D plus. We give an S for slow. <laughs> um, what would I do? Sign him? No max? None of that nonsense. Oh, you don't want uh, to make him the third star? Fuck no. <laughs> um, what would you? What would I think happen? It depends. I don't know. He looks like he's pretty cool with everyone in the locker room yeah, and management. He's got, he still has time left on the con. I think he has one more year left on his deal. Yeah. But that comment of thinking quitting and that might be more of him trying to fire people up. Uh, they'll keep him. They like him. I'm gonna go B. Uh, keep and I think they keep him. Uh, now Matisse Thibel has a team option. Now this is complicated because he was pretty good in the regular season, and then in the playoffs when he was unplayable in Toronto. I think what he took that to mean is that I'm not allowed to practice basketball because he looked like he hadn't played basketball in two months when he started playing again. So he's probably on Twitter battling everybody who's just yeah. attacking him. C minus. Um, yeah. Keep defensive purposes. Um, what I think they'll happen, they'll probably trade him. But teams see how his offensive, you know, abilities is. And that he's not going to be like Toronto would not make a trade for him because he wouldn't be playing in Toronto. He can't run. So he would play anywhere. 
he would play in a division outside of Toronto because you don't want to face Toronto in that division and you can't play him because of COVID. So if he gets traded or he gets signed anywhere, it's going to be outside of that division. Um, yeah, he's go- good as gone, though. Yeah, I'm going to go C. I guess like a lower end C, not quite a C minus, though. I would probably shop him. I don't know what you're going to get for him. I've seen a couple of, uh, not even rumors, just like proposed ideas where they trade him for Patrick Beverly. Um, I don't really, I don't know. It doesn't really move the needle for me, but I think ultimately they probably keep him. Uh, Shake Milton team option. Sorry. He, he's hard. Pause. Um, I'm going to give him C-. an incomplete. I didn't see much of him. He didn't do anything. Really- he was sick for a little while. He got hurt. Playoffs, he was fine. I, he, I think, is a firm incomplete in my mind. Okay. If, if, I, if, if I had to give him a letter grade, I would just give him a C because I'm not sure what it is. It's a, it's an I, incomplete, because last yeah. year I remember him more than this year. He averaged more points last year. Um, what would I do? <sighs> Keep him? Yeah. I mean, just to have a bench, and he can kind of be like that yeah. guy that can manage that second unit. I would keep him as well. Uh, team option, I think they'll let him go. I think they're going to use him in a trade. I think it'll be some combination of Harris, Green, and Milton to bring in a like a Beal or a Mitchell or like a Kawhi Leonard or something weird. Kawhi Leonard? No, they're 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 pretty married to the idea of Kawhi in um LA. in L.A. So I don't think it'll be him, but like that kind of thing where they unless they think they can go get a Miles Bridges, but he can't shoot either. So um, for kind of Korkmaz, we can kind of go a little bit faster now that all these Cork guys Mons? are kind of like. Yes. A fucking F. F. <laughs> gone. Gone. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> D plus, but he really oh, drastically, too kind. drastically, you know, got worse. Um, I, I, I think they're going to keep him. I probably would as well just because he's cheap and maybe has upside. Uh, Paul Reed has a non-guaranteed year. Uh, incomplete because he didn't play basically anything until the end of the season and playoffs. Yeah. But I would keep him and... I would. I think they will keep him. I'm gonna go incomplete, but if I had to give him a letter grade, I'd probably give him a B for what he, his role was. Yeah. Uh, keep keep. Uh, and then so two passers by. This is easy. Uh, let's just do them together because they're gonna get the same answers. DeAndre Jordan, Paul Millsap. Um, double F. Fs and I mean, let him go. You, and if let there's him an go. incomplete, that is Millsap. He hasn't even shown up to class. Millsap played like three games, and then they said, you know what, this ain't working. <laughs> uh, so they both get Fs, and we both think they're gone. All right. So the G League guys. So this is tough. Um, no, every single one of these guys has an incomplete, but we'll just kind of do the uh, the stay or go thing. Uh, okay. Isaiah Joe, non guaranteed year. Let me, let me look at this real quick. Everyone stays for me. What I think will happen, Joe stays. So, uh, the names here for the young slash G League players Isaiah Joe, Joe, Miles Powell, who I think is going to be gone, Jaden Springer, who's a first round pick last year, so he's got to stay. Yeah. Um, Charlie Brown. I don't know. I guess they'll let him go. And then Charles Bass, who they got to keep. Yeah. You, I, you believe that most of those guys will be back. Yeah. Um, so Danny Green um, said, I think I still got some good years left. It leads me to think he wants to stay either here or in the NBA. I wouldn't be shocked if he starts chasing rings if they let him go. Um, so this is another thing that kind of caught my eye and my up. ear. So this is a little different. But it, it will relate to how they want to build the team because Maury probably realized the window is getting smaller. Uh, Joel Embiid, when he was asked about MVP, 
Uh, this is picking up in the middle of the quote because I don't want to read the whole thing. Um, so dot, dot, dot. Last year, I campaigned about it. This year, I answered questions when I was asked. And the next, you know, few years before I retire, it's almost like I don't even know what else I have to do to win it. So my takeaway had nothing to do with the MVP. My takeaway was when he said, few years before I retire. Now, he strikes me as a guy who is not going to play forever. Yeah. And he is in his prime. And I think I'm more open to the idea of getting a star. Because if you think you can win, it's got to be now. They don't have time to wait three years for, you know, so-and-so to develop. I don't want to call him Sexton because three years from now he'll be good because the beat will be a fossil by then. Um, how long do you think he's going to play before th- it really either tails off or he just says, you know what, I, I want to protect my body long-term. I have a kid and probably have another one that he wants to have, and I want to preserve my health. I'll say – Minimum four to five years. I think five years is roughly a good estimate. And five is pushing it. That means they have to be it, on the cusp means, or they're just going to repeat at some point. What they need to do is find a good middle ground because the more games he plays, the less he's available in the playoffs. Torres meniscus last year. He had. The, I don't understand the face thing was weird, but the, the thumb, the back, it's the foot, it's this. They need to find a way that he can just play 60 games a year, not worry about MB, or MVPs and, you know, first-team All-NBA. You're going to pay him no matter what anyway. Just play him 60 games, find a backup center like Paul Reed that can play a bunch of minutes and keep him healthy for the playoffs because that's the only way you're going to win a championship here. Yeah, agree. It's just tough to see him already talking about it, but that's good, though. That's I don't want good. him here longer than he has to be if he's not in it all the way. I don't want to miss what he used to be. Yeah, and also I, uh, I don't want him to turn into you know not to speak ill of him, but uh, Kobe's last couple of years was awful, yeah. and it was like it was like a shell of his former and Shaq especially Shaq when he was with the Cavs and the Celtics and stuff. Well, he was just want, doing a tour. I don't, I don't want that to happen here. I want him to kind of go out on his own terms. I like that he he's mentioning it, so it's already in management's head of like we got to make a move now. Yeah, it's not Bryce Harper who's here for ten more years. It's yeah. it's Embiid who's under contract for like two more years, and then. You know, and you're gonna have to pay then? him if he if he does come back. You're gonna have to pay him what a couple of years. Pay him whatever he wants. Say you can get a blank check in my eyes. It's just bad talk, but uh, yeah. whatever for Embiid, man. Yeah, always for another show. He can always hop on the podcast after the fact. Yeah, he should. All right, so the NBA conference finals are going on. We'll kind of breeze through this one. Yeah. Uh, Miami beat Boston on Tuesday, one eighteen, one oh seven. Jimmy Butler had forty one points. Tyler Hero eighteen off the bench. Gabe Vincent, 17. Uh, Jason Tatum at 24. Jalen Brown, 24. Peyton Pritchard, who? Uh, 18. And Robert Williams, I don't have a number, but I think he was 18 as well. Um, Jimmy Butler held Jason Tatum to 2 of 6 shooting and Jalen Brown 0 of 5. Um, Marcus Smart and Al Horford both missed game one due to um, everything going on back then protocol. How and- ironic is that in Florida? <laughs> and Brian Windhorst also reported the Celtics have had multiple positives in their traveling party this past week. So there has been some concern about this. So there might be more guys that miss time or if not Damn. players, maybe some coaches. So that really skews things in Miami's favor as we approach game two. And then they eventually make its way back up here to the Northeast part of the country. Um, so it's a tough road for Boston, but they did lead for a good portion of the first half mm-hmm. uh, and they did look very good. So 
Uh, I'm never going to count Boston out. I think they're so well coached, regardless of who the coach is. Yeah. And I think Ima Udoka, former, uh, yep, Brett Brown coaching tree. Um, I think he's done a very good job with that team. Um, I'm still mad they have Derek White. If there was coaching of the year for, you know, East and West, Monty for the West, definitely he should be considered as the East for what he's yeah, done. Oh, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Especially when they went on that run. Didn't you tell me at one point they were like 17 and two since New Year's or something like that? Since I think Christmas, I think. Yeah. So they had they went on time. like a magical run. Like they, they were, were dead. They, they were, were like eighth in the conference. Yeah. We were rumored to have Jalen Brown traded to the Sixers. That's how bad it was out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right. And then all of a sudden they turn around, they get, they got Derek White at the deadline for whatever they gave up for and he turned out to be better than Harden. Yeah, right. I have a question. What's up? Before we go too far. When we do our like anniversary podcast on like September 1st or whatever, yeah. will, will James Harden be the new redacted? <laughs> will he be the new like Simmons, Butler? Um, oh, Horford? Butler's redacted? I kind of hate him. He'll be like in that in like the Orlando Scandrick category of former Philadelphia <laughs> athletes. Um, yeah, I think he'll still be here though. Um, so game two is Thursday, uh, 30 p.m. ESPN. Not that you need us to tell you that Miami's minus four and a half. Mm, I don't like that. I don't like it either. It's, be, it's all because you know, Smart and Horford is out and they won game one. But trust yeah. me, if Celtics won, it'd be a different line. I think I think, I think, I think Boston, Boston will steal it. I think Boston steals it too. I'm not mad at it. It's weird. Boston is one of those teams that they can just put whoever they want. Because Daniel Tice played big minutes, and he is one of those guys that when he's on Boston, he's great. Yeah. It's like <laughs> just one of those things. It's like, um, it's a fit here. So Dallas beat uh, – Dallas beat no, – Gordon Hayward beat, should they, just be in Washington. He'll, he'll thrive over there. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't even know what team he's on. Is he a Hornet? Grizzly? Hornet, that's right. Uh, so the Warriors beat the Mavericks 112-87. I'll just read some of the stats here because I printed the rundown before the game even uh, like began. Yeah. Uh, all f- Actually, seven different Warriors in double figures. Uh, Curry had 21. Wiggins had 19. Klay Thompson, 15. Draymond, 10. Looney, 10. Uh, Poole, 19 off the bench. Otto Porter slash Wilt Chamberlain's grandson had 10 off the bench. Every single one of those guys was a plus plus fifteen or more. Um, Poole and Looney were plus fifteens. Porter was a plus sixteen. Thompson a plus twenty. Draymond plus twenty five. Curry plus twenty three. And Wiggins a plus twenty eight. Um, Curry had twenty one and twelve. Um, Jordan Poole somehow managed to have five fouls in nine in twenty six minutes. Um, <laughs> not a very good three point shooting game for the Warriors. They were ten of twenty nine. But it was even worse for uh, Dallas, who kind of lived and died by the three. Uh, more than half of their attempts were from three. They were 11 for 48 from deep, 22%. Jesus Christ. Um, Luca did everything he could, but he was a minus 30. Uh, Reggie Bullock was a minus 27, and Dory, Dorian Finney-Smith was a minus 22. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, trying really hard to get that $1 bonus in his contract, is was a minus 21. Uh, Luca had 20.7 rebounds, four assists, seven turnovers. Brunson only had 14 points. Bullock only had 12. Uh, Dinwiddie off the bench had 17. Um, so not exactly a – oh, well, I didn't even realize Marquise Chris was on the Mavericks. Um, not – and Frank Nilakina. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> Gross. Jamaica. Oh, Josh Green. Wow. Okay, interesting. Mavs have a lot of interesting 2K players. Um, <laughs> Drake Burke. Um, Doing some soul searching. I didn't know these guys were on the Mavs. 
I mean, that's the thing. They live and die by the three, but they, everyone gets shell shocked when you play at Golden State. And you play to their game, so they shoot threes. You want to do quick transition threes, and it's just you know, you're yeah. playing their game. You got to play your game. You're playing into them. Yep, you're right. And they thrive on that. Um, let's take a quick look at the line for game two, if it is available. My guess it, is it'll be Warriors minus four and a half. Here's a here's a hot take. Clay Thompson will not be a Warrior next year. He is good as gone. Fifteen points. It's like a guarantee. And I had that on my ticket. He doesn't shoot more than 15. He'll go off a couple times, but I feel like they're moving into the direction of Jordan Poole. He was the starter. Yeah. Clay comes back. They're trying to still gel him back into the starting lineup. He is the starter. But as you see, Jordan Poole is getting the bulk of the six-minute minutes now. And Clay doesn't look like he's comfortable there with the system. And I think at one point, Draymond told Kerr, like, hey, I think you should sit. Curry or Clay because you can't sit Poole. Poole's been tremendous for us. They're very good. So I don't think Clay Thompson will stay. I think he's going to be gone. There's no ill will. It's just his time has come. So Tobias, Danny Green, and Shake Milton for Clay Thompson. Interesting. I'll um, take that all day. So actually, the Celtics are the the Heat line has now uh, fallen to three and a half. Uh, Golden State's minus <laughs> six and a half for Game Two, which is Thursday. Um, I love Dallas in that game, too. I think Dallas will make it closer. I don't think they'll win it, though. I, I'm taking the points if I uh, if I were a betting man, which I obviously am not. Of course not. At least a successful betting man. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts or anything as we pivot to um, not over easy, not sunny side up, it's the scramble time? No, let's get into it. Okay. So four-minute scramble, uh, a couple of news and notes that actually occurred today, a couple of things that have happened since the last time we've spoken. Uh, we're going to try our best to power through this. There's a lot of words here. <laughs> um, oh, there's a lot. All right. Jesus. All right. Ready? Yeah. You want to start or you want me to start? Uh, I'll start. All right. And timer has started. All right. So the Eagles signed former Giants cornerback James Bradbury to a one-year contract worth $7.5 million. Incentives could bring it up to ten. Uh, where do you rank the Darius Slay, James Bradbury cornerback combo in the NFL? I wouldn't say it's the best, but certainly up there, and it's definitely a bolt that the Eagles definitely need it. So here's a, here's a quick stat. So only two corners in the NFL since 2016 have 80-plus pass breakups and 15-plus interceptions. They're both on the Eagles. Let's fucking go, baby. Pretty Let's sick. go. Um, Patrick Beverly was on ESPN this week, and man, did he bury Chris Paul every chance he got from 4 a.m. to 6 p.m. Anytime he was on, he buried him. Your thoughts on Pat Bev bashing Chris Paul? I don't like Chris Paul either, but I thought this was kind of weak. How about you? I like it, but he went a little too much sometimes. It was just like, all right, you're petty now. Uh, Matt Barnes said, I'm the only one that's going to say this, but he thought it was unprofessional and disrespectful. What are your thoughts on that? For sure. I mean, but I guess I, I see it from Beverly. He has probably some kind of career in media, and this yeah. is his way, too. Do you blame Draymond Green for opening this window? Not because at all. Because he was the first guy to make the leap that was an active player? Not at all. You get okay. your money after basketball. Fair. Um, rival executives believe the Nationals may be, quote-unquote, motivated and, quote-unquote, compelled to trade outfielder Juan Soto this season. Do you think it'll happen? And what teams could be interesting? What would it take? So I don't think it'll happen. 
Um, I do think it'll happen sooner rather than later, though, because the more they wait, the smaller the uh, the the Rick return will be. Yeah. Um, what teams could be interested? I think the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, and the Phillies. The Phillies would be cool, but the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox are definitely the three teams I would think of. Maybe the White Sox. What would it take? The only team whose uh, prospects I really know about are the Yankees because they have some more prolific prospects than the other teams. Um, it, it it will start and finish with Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe, and Clark <laughs> Schmidt, who are the three main prospects of the Yankees. And if they say no, they're going to say, all right, we're going to hold on to the generational player here. Yankees also might want to be motivated to do it themselves because Aaron Judge is a free agent this summer, this uh, winter. Um, speaking of the Yankees, they are 27-9 with a plus 74 run differential heading into play today. 751 percentage would put them on pace for a record of 122 and 40. Can they break the MLB regular season wins record of 116 set by the 1906 Cubs and tied by the 2001 Mariners? Yeah, I think they could too. And uh, before we move on, I think Soto will be moved, and I think it will be the Yankees. Honestly, I think they'll yeah, give up. He's Chapman. the only team that makes sense. Then they'll give up Chapman. They'll give anybody to get him. Yeah, it makes it just makes too much sense. Um, this interesting news. Uh, the XFL and Disney uh, relationship and partnership. Uh, all games will air on ESPN and Disney platforms. Your thought on the new revamped, again, revamped XFL. As long as it's on TV and I don't have to download some subscription service, it's fine with me. How about you? Same, but I don't really watch TV, yeah. so it is what it is. I'm with you. The Reds are, tw- are 10 and 26. It's a 278 win percentage. They're on pace to go 45 and 117. The worst 162 game win total was 43. Ugh. Can they break that record? 1,000%. I can't name one player on that They team. are terrible. This is also for you. Uh, Naomi and Sasha Banks walked out of Raw and handed <laughs> their belts to John Laurinaitis. How come this happened, and do you agree with their actions? Um, they're the tag team titles for the women division, but they were challenged to be in this six-women match. They didn't find out about it until the day of, right? Yeah, but they walked out literally as the show went on the air, and basically they feel like, why am I going to lose to the champion when I'm the tag team? You're not giving us the respect, so they just walked off. It is what it okay. is. Um, oh. All right, so, so we finished the sports part of the sports grammar in time, but there's one more question I put on here. Uh, let me see what the question is. I snuck is. this one on there. Oh, jeez. What is your Rita's order? <laughs> Um, to be fair, I don't get a lot of Rita. I don't have any chance. Do they have to to Rita's Rita. in your area? I know it's kind of a regional thing. I don't know if it spreads into Jersey though. You have Rita's there, right? I have no idea if you're being serious or not. I I wasn't sure if it's just a Philly thing. You and your Philly. Yes, we have Rita's here, <laughs> and we we started the Wawa trend before Philly and Pennsylvania took it. Until we you know made it good, made it worse. Um, yeah. We have readers here. Um, I don't go a lot, but when I usually go there, I usually get the water ice, and I usually get any kind of flavor of mango. Usually mango okay. or mango peach or mango pineapple, which is a nice one. Mangoes are very popular because it's already kind of like refreshing fruit as it is. Yeah, and I'm very – I like sweet, sweet, so it yeah. kind of just does it all for me. And milkshake, know. vanilla or cookies and cream, but I'm not really a milkshake person. Yeah. Water ice, though. They, they have good soft serve, so I get their vanilla from time to time. Mm-hmm. Just like this, just the custard. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know if they still have it anymore, but uh, watermelon was kind of an underrated flavor there. I have to try it. For what, not, for the I, custard? I don't know if, yeah, uh, no, of, um, water ice? for water ice, yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually kind of like vanilla water ice and chocolate water ice. I know it's a kind of a weird answer. I never had it. 
but I'm not a huge fan of things that change the color of my mouth. And I'm not a huge fan of like pulp in my water ice. So like lemon's pretty good, but I don't like the little, the zest. And then um, they had an apple flavor, which wasn't bad actually. Like green apple? Yeah. The way to go is get one of the, I think it's called like a, a flight. It's like the four, oh, there's four little cups. Like a drink? And, yeah. Well, no, it's, <laughs> it, it's a little tray and they give you four flavors of water ice in it. Yeah. It's, it's, like like, a, it's here, 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 here. And yeah. They do that at the bars. Get a flight, you get like four like kind of shots of different yeah, it's pretty much IPAs it and stuff. Yeah, they, they give you four IPA. I don't want to throw up all over myself, but <laughs> I hate IPAs. But yeah, me too. Oh, all right, I should try it next time when I go to Rita's. It's pretty a, cool. There, there's some a, good uh, stuff. I mean, they're always coming out with new ones. They have the, the Eagles flavor. They have like a uh, rainbow uh, ice or something. I'm not really green. They have a. So if you're weird like me, my favorite uh, ice cream flavor is mint chocolate chip. They had a mint Gross. chocolate chip water ice, and it was fire. I'll I'll be sure to give you Colgate and Crest for your. You know what? For your. I will welcome Christmas. that because then I don't have to brush my teeth. <laughs> um, Jesus. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That, I don't know if you're kidding. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, W's and L's. Do it. How many of each do you have? I went light this time. I went very light. I have two dubs now and one L. Okay, I have two and two. All right, you want to go first? Sure. Um, my first L is going to be Stephen A. Smith. He tweeted about Oof. the the Suns losing, and he said I need uh, I needed Devin Booker to show up, but he tagged the wrong Devin Booker in the tweet. <laughs> he tagged some guy that actually is a professional basketball player, but he played in Istanbul on that day. And the guy quote tweeted and said, "I didn't realize I had to be at this game. I had a game in Istanbul earlier today." <laughs> That's a good dub right there. I like that. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, they got to let that man sleep every once in a while. ESPN, they're, just, they're running him to the ground. That, Pat Beverly is the new Stephen A. Smith over there. They're having him on every show. I look up, he's, Pat Beverly's on Get Up with Greenberg, and Stephen yeah. A. Smith's in there, and I'm like, frick. And then he's on first take with Stephen A. Smith. I'm like, bro, let the guy sleep. I mean, well, they paid him a lot of money, so they better use him. The, the, the S in ESPN stands for Stephen A. Smith at this point. Yeah, right. Entertainment, Stephen A. Smith, uh, whatever P stands for, and Production. then news. Yeah. Production network. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, uh, you want to go again, or you want me to go? Um, Before the headphones collapse headphones on you. Headphones are going to crack on me. Uh, you can go. Um, this uh, my only L goes to Matt Harvey. He gets a sixty game ban officially now from the MLB. Whoa, <laughs> what happened? I thought his talent already determined that. <laughs> I didn't realize he got suspended. He got suspended sixty game ban for oxy distribution. Oh, oh, oh! So this is the Tyler Skaggs thing. Okay. Oh, you didn't. Oh, I thought he was using PEDs. Okay, that's actually more serious. Ah, uh, that sucks. I saw that there was a ruling in some of the Tyler Skaggs stuff. Yeah. I didn't really, I totally forgot Matt Harvey was involved. So uh, apologies to uh, whoever would be offended by that. Um, I do have another L. Um, uh, Robinson Cano committed an error in his first game back. Where? Where's he, with, where's he, he playing? He was on the pod. He's on the Padres. Oh, um, his first game was Sunday. He bobbled a throw from the outfield and it rolled away and he couldn't find the ball and a run scored. So <laughs> speaking of guys who have been suspended. Um, yeah, right. And then uh, my other L is Jose Cansego. Who, what um, did he do now? So he tweeted on. So this is an old tweet, but I follow an account on Twitter called Crypto Bros Taking L's. Um, 
It's similar <laughs> to the thing I told you last week, the dudes helping dudes or whatever. So Jose Canseco tweeted, looking for a crypto token developer. And then Greg, 16676935420 said, hey, it's Greg, DM me, Jose, I can help. And then there's a screenshot of the DM. Hey, are you a token developer? And he said, no way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> My God! <laughs> no way, Jose! Oh Jesus! That was a good one. Uh, speaking of DMs, there's actually I saw a tweet today. Are you sure, that's an L. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a W for the other guy. There's actually an L here. Somebody actually got Kanye to to, um, to reach out to them about doing like a collaboration, really? and the person replied back. They were so surprised that Kanye responded, saying, "Oh Jesus, I'm so glad he responded." And then Kanye said, never mind, use the Lord's name in vain. And then the guy sent the little crying emotion. And Kanye said, bye. So, oh God, what, a, what a talk about fumbling a bag. <laughs> like a Ronald Jones fumble right there. Oh, Jesus. Um, I mean, these are these aren't even depressing L's. These are hilarious L's. No, these are good ones. Um, all right. The Canseco one is hysterical. <laughs> No everything everything Canseco, everything Ben Davis, everything Ricky Leday, anybody that's an idiot. It's just it's <laughs> to- hilarious to me. Uh, I can't find the picture, but uh, let me see. W, F2, uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial is back, baby. So entertainment <laughs> for me. <laughs> My girlfriend was sitting there watching an eight-hour YouTube video about it. Oh, gross. I would like do the that. entire testimony. Unless it's just all eight hours of Camille Vasquez, the new <laughs> star of the defamation Yeah, that's process. your girl. That's my girl, but I think she's uh you fornicating. Your, your Cholula. Yeah, my ch- my little Cholula, and it's not racist <laughs> because I'm Hispanic as well, so I can use it. Um, I think she's boning though, Johnny Depp. I've seen some videos, the googly eyes, the whole hand touching placements. I'm like, oh, they're definitely fucking. I can't wait to ever heard says it. You imagine that mid trial just to save her like chances. I think you're fucking Johnny. What? And then boom, instant. So st- the, the whole she thing. steals it. Her whole thing where she says pledging and donating are the same thing. The whole Dude, thing is such a sham. There's a TikTok I, about it. I, I died. Died 20 wanna, times over. I want to know what's going on in the world that this is the distraction from. Because this <laughs> is definitely what they're putting forth. I don't even know. That, I, why is this being broadcast? Just They, they should just go. Because in Virginia, I guess they just, just. They need to just light themselves on fire and go away. True. But that whole pledge thing funny only because there was a tiktok guy like i guess this this bitch is really and i'm par- and i'm quoting yeah this bitch is really dumb she doesn't know the difference between pledge and donate because like you don't say i donate to the flag of the united states like you don't do that <laughs> and i died instantly she compared it to a mortgage which is retarded <sighs> she's um, just trying to save herself she's an idiot and technically possibly committing perjury but it's made great content on, online, and that's all you can ask yeah, for from the it's internet. The, it's the meme of the month so far. I mean, the best one was my dog got stung by a bee, and then people just rifted off the. Yeah, she made like she said, my my dog got stung by a bee, and then she made a face like this. Uh. So then people just say, I have to pee. Yeah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> and it I just saw, went. It spiraled out of control. I saw at one point she was like faking a cry, and she was like wiping her nose, and she held it so that people could take a picture of her. Of her like sitting on the stand, like blowing She's her nose such a model. from crying. Yeah, I I don't know who she is, but she can go get expletived. If you've and... seen Aquaman, she's in Aquaman. Oh, that's she's the mermaid. I've never seen her. Ah, all right. 
Never um, heard of her. But that's and that's all, folks. Episode right. fifty-four is in the books. Yes. Um, and right. then my second W, and then I'll hand it off to you. Uh, the coldest pitcher in NBA history, Luca, smiling up at Devin Booker this when one, the scoreboard showed it was a blowout. We and always Devin say, Booker squinting, looking ahead like he's looking for something, pretending to not see him. We always say we're going to put stuff on the Instagram. This one was actually on the Instagram, so. Yes, it check was. it out it was um that, that is one of the funniest pictures i saw some tweets saying this guy just smiles ear to ear if every bucket like how can you how do you compete with that <laughs> um continuing a theme from last week yeah. uh, my first w is jerome bettis 28 years later graduating college awesome graduated from notre dame 2022 nice uh second w is jalen green so if you remember bill simmons on his crappy podcast said that he wasn't going to vote for Jalen Green for Rookie of the Year because F Jalen Green. Oh my Jalen Green tweeted at Bill Simmons today because Jalen Green was named to the first team all-rookie team mm-hmm. and, uh, or the all-NBA first rookie team thing. And he said, like, shout out to Bill Simmons or whatever. <laughs> so I like that. By the way, I don't think we mentioned on the podcast, but uh, Max Scherzer uh, apparently injured during Bryce. today's game. He actually took himself out of the game in the middle of the sixth inning. Oh Jesus! Speed of recovery to Mad Max. He was pitching to Albert Pujols, who um, who was two for two tonight and also stole the base. Damn, dude! So he uh, he threw hurt. a pitch. I saw it. He threw a pitch and then he like gestured to the dog and was like, "I'm done." And they took him out. Uh, no update yet, as far as I can tell. That doesn't sound good. He knows um, that something popped. I want to say it might be a lat, but it's not my place to uh, to comment. Uh, yeah. Um, just his back, nothing bad. Uh, Jeremy Hefner was the pitching coach who said that. So who knows? The brother of Hugh Hefner. Oh, okay. He said, I, I don't think it's a major strain. All right. So he's hopefully going to be fine. And I whiffed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what started out as a harmless, um, eight item list has now become what always happens on this podcast. We doubled now, it. Uh, our top 17, this has to be a first. Um, <laughs> so it, it it sounds big, but it really isn't. Um, we are going to rank all of the uniforms that Philadelphia teams currently wear, like the primary ones anyway. Yeah. We're not going to do the ones that kind of pass by, like the Phillies, if they ever like wear like the maroon pinstripes at any point, or if the Flyers have like a hockey fights cancer night, or if the Sixers have like a like uh, they only had four uniforms this year, so we're gonna and we're not doing the uh, the Eagles Kelly Green, so we're gonna rank the uniforms of uh, the Philly sports teams uh, just to read off the candidates here. So there's no this isn't one of those surprise lists where we get to number two and it's like oh, so we we are ranking <laughs> the exact same things. So the Eagles have three uniforms, uh, green, white, black. We're just going jersey tops because um. Because it's because they do have different in in football especially they have different combinations like green with white pants white with black pants like um, flyers three uniforms orange white and black sixers regular blue white red and then the navy city edition phillies pinstripes gray cream powder and red and then the two union jerseys which we did not realize they had a powder blue one so yeah we are ranking seventeen um, I I vote we just alternate. Like we always do. Okay. Uh, I think 17 is, I think, clear for both of us. It's the powder blue Philadelphia Union. So I thought about that. Oh. Uh, it, it is not. I'm done. I think the worst jersey in Philly is the Black Flyers jersey. 
I just don't think it's any good compared to the old black jerseys. The old black jerseys were so much better. What we're talking about right now, dog. Fair. <laughs> Whoa, bro. That's the number 17. Actually, let me look at that unit one again because it might actually be another one. Yeah. You uh, said it was like before we on the air, you're like, oh, it's like a child in it. And it's not. Oh, it's probably 16. Uh, yeah, though. you know what? This is fucking ugly. Yeah. All right. Union Powder Blue is dead last for me. All right. You bullied me into it. All right. Oh, Jesus. All right. Number 16. Uh, we I already can. know mine is the Flyers black. Well, mine is the Flyers white. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm not I, a fan I, of white, but I, I like it. Understandable. I like it to be the home, but I would not wear it really. I just don't like that the black one is um, black jersey. I get why they did it because they did it for the stadium series initially, and then it became a uh, like a regular rotation jersey. But um, I don't like it when the the color of the numbers is the same as the jersey. Oh no, I don't like that at all. So it's black with an orange outline on the numbers, but the numbers themselves are black instead of being like white or something. Stupid. And I get that they're going for a dark color jersey, but I'm just not with it. It, yeah, it, it work. works in some sports like the thunder white jerseys are cool and like the miami heat white jerseys are kind of cool but like it doesn't work in every sport and especially hockey where like the numbers are kind of important because they're changing yeah. shifts at all times it's not like basketball where you know okay and beads on the floor it's oh oh Giroux's on there oh now this guy's on there like the numbers kind of matter on tv and especially for the announcers so god <laughs> Do they uh, it's it? also not as nice as the old black jerseys which i know you don't necessarily have you know a handle on either but um anybody that if I, we we looked at it before the episode, I just think they're better. Yeah, they they do look better. All right, fifteen. Uh, no, you're you're sixteen. Oh yeah, it was the Flyers, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, fifteen for me. The Sixers red with the fella. Me too. Not just because it's ugly, but because they've lost so many big games in those jerseys <laughs> that uh, they are cursed. In, as far as I know, life. they lost game one against the Hawks last year, and then they blew the twenty five point lead in those jerseys too. So. Um, I'd, I'd be happy if they retired those jerseys and just made the city jersey this year part of the regular rotation. <laughs> uh, 14. 14. Philly's gray. I don't know. It just looks dirty to me. I understand it. Um, Philly's, I don't, Philly's gray is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I ain't mad at it. It's but... just boring. Yeah, they do need another away jersey, so I'm glad they brought the red back. Um, for this spot on the list, I went with the Flyers white just because it's kind of boring. Okay. They've, they've had it for so long. I kind of wish they would just do a rebrand. Um, even though this is technically a throwback and it's hard to ditch a throwback. Yeah. And if they rebrand, I don't want them to look like like the Atlanta Falcons or the LA Rams where their jerseys look like too futuristic and ugly. So it, it is what it is. It's a classic, but it's boring. Uh, number 13. Uh, 15, 16, 40. Yep. Flyers orange. Okay. Now that is the regular, I guess. Probably the nicest of the three flyers. Oh, yeah, for sure. I understand that it is a little bit of an eyesore sometimes, and they also suck. <laughs> what was your reasoning for uh, putting it that low? Everything above it was just too good to be true. Fair. Like, right, I no, like that, it. That's fine. But uh, it's just because I'm not really a hockey fan. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there is a little it. bit of history uh, with the flyers, jerseys, but that's not the reason I have them ranked where they are. Um, How about my, you? Why do you have them? Oh, never mind. You don't even I don't have them there, but um, I have the Phillies gray jerseys there. All right, so we're similar um, on the gray. Kind of for the same reason. Everything above it, I just think is nicer. No, not because I think it's bad or anything. And baseball is the only sport that has like every team wears a gray away jersey, so it is a little boring compared to the other sport, the other sports on this list. But uh, 
I mean, I do, I, I do like the Phillies Braders. I do own one, so it's not that I think it's bad. It, it is a little boring though. I mean, just like I would rock that Flyers orange if I was into the sport, mm. and you know, Drew is still on the team. But yeah, yeah, like if you bought a Flyers jersey, the orange one would be the way to go. If you bought a Phillies jersey, there are four better options than the gray. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Twelve, I think. I don't have numbers on my list. Yeah, me either. I just, cut, I just <laughs> have like numbers everywhere squiggly around. So what I did is I, I put them on, and then each time I looked at a new new color, I put it where I thought it belonged. So, All right, 12, Sixers blue. So this is going to surprise you. What's up? Uh, well, is the Sixers blue just kind of victim of circumstance? Everything else is better, you think? Yeah. Um, Eagles black. I don't like it. What? I think it's the worst of the three jerseys they wear. Oh, no. Now, part of it is because they don't have a black helmet with it. That's That will change, though. But I follow a Twitter account called UniWatch, Paul oh. Lucas, who tweets out you know, inconsistencies with uniforms and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and he has what I would consider this to be BFBS, which I've mentioned on the pod before. It's just black for black's sake. <laughs> they don't need it. It, look, it it looks okay sometimes with night games, but when they wear them at four o'clock, it looks stupid. The the black pants I think are nice. The black jersey is it is what it is, but every team's got black. Like it's not special. But those night Phillies when they play Monday night football. Yeah, that's, that's true. where that's where we're at. But and the with the black shoes. Let's go. The problem is that they don't do it every time they're on prime time because this upcoming year they play the Vikings week two. Guarantee they wear the green. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they they wear them. They wear black for random games. They they played Denver in 2017 at one o'clock and wore black. Like, aren't you just sweating your butt off at that point? <laughs> but yeah, um, I do have that lower than most people do. That's going to be an unpopular opinion, but. Yeah. It but is it, what it is. It, yeah, it is what it is. I respect it. Um, is it is this is 12? 11. You're right. 11, I have the Flyers black. Okay. Just outside the top 10. No, it is more modern, so I understand people probably like it for that reason, too. And I like black, so I usually wear it. I have a black, black shirt Fair. right now. Yeah, black jerseys are cool in hockey and football. They're not cool in the other sports, really. Yeah. Uh, unless you're like the Miami Heat or like the who else wears black in basketball. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> Philly's red is mine for this spot. Philly's I think okay. it, it's not just because it's like a nice color. It's also because I kind of liked it when they wore it at home a few years ago. They brought it back because the grays just got boring. And I think that's why I like it because it's just different because for – Every year since they redid their uniforms in like the mid nineties to now until last year, they only wore gray on the road. So it helps to have something to kind of change things up a little bit. That's oh well. I think they'll eventually get rid of them and they're gonna do like a like a royal blue, but it's a good placeholder. I mean royal blue's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. I but do like do the like, red though. You do like a, a blue on black kind of combo, so I can see <laughs> that for you. Uh, number 10. All right, finally in the top 10. And might as well be quick because it's Philly's red. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we, we both kind of like it. I think it's a cool color. Yeah. And they have a very, it seems like 
sports teams usually have like a distinct color. Like the Flyers orange is not just like a standard orange. It's like a fluorescent orange. Philly's mm-hmm. red is not just like boring standard red. It does have a little bit of like a something to it that makes it different from red. It, like if that makes any sense. For sure. Uh, 10 for me is the Eagles white jersey. I just think uh-huh. it looks really clean, especially when they wear them on prime time on the road with the white pants. I think white on white looks really cool for the Eagles. I know it's probably the most boring of the uniform combos that people don't like, but I think when you get past the fact that it's white on white, I think it looks cool. No, that's my number nine. Okay. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, what's your number nine? Uh, the Union Navy Blue. Ooh. I think it's a cool color. I do like the color a lot. It's a nice, and the the the, the bronze or whatever it is that's on there is kind of cool. Like it's more of a gold, I guess. I mean, we don't. Well, that's those are more gold than the Golden State and the Lakers. So, uh, Bimbo is my favorite player. <laughs> What's your favorite team, Bimbo? Bimbo. It, um, it doesn't say Union though, does it? If it I does, maybe of. it's small. It's probably on the crest. Yeah, like maybe it the, has like a little emblem. Yeah, you're yeah, right. it has that. Uh, number eight. I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> this is gonna be sad. Philly's red, I think it says. Well, that was your that was your nine, or that was your ten. Oh, powder, 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 powder. Oh, powder blew that low. Yeah. Okay. Is it because <coughs> of our experience last week? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, but uh, it's still new to me. But I do okay. like it from time to time. But like as an everyday jersey, like that's what I like. Yeah. No, but I like it here and there a little I bit love more it. often. I, I love the fact that it's powder and navy. They, they work, or not powder and uh, maroon. They just work so well together. Yeah, that burgundy uh, maroon color. It, it with is the original widely, old P yeah, hat. It's a cool Perfect. hat. Uh, it is widely regarded as one of the best jerseys in baseball, though. So it's, not, it? just, it's not just us with the rose-tinted glasses. Um, my, I don't even know what number this is, but the one I have at this spot on the list is the Flyers Orange. Uh, number seven. Okay. Uh, cool. All right. That's not bad. Uh, number seven for me is the Union Navy. So we're kind okay. of similar. In, yeah, in we're, our... we have in like different tiers. The, the, this is the only part of my list that is back-to-back for the same team. Mm. Uh, Sixers Blue. This year, number seven. I, I just like it a lot. It looks cool. Did I even they, mention They're that? very clean. They don't have jerseys where there's too much going on. So I'm glad that it's... Uh, I, the only problem I have with the Sixers jerseys is no one calls Philadelphia Phila. What the hell? Philly would have been better than Phila. Philly would have been great, especially for a city edition jersey. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Just put Sixers on the front. Uh, number six for me, Eagles Green. Okay. It's classic. Uh, I know people don't love it because they want the Kelly Green back, but the Midnight Green is objectively better than Kelly Green. And the Kelly Green was synonymous with the, an era of losing. Um, I don't know what number this is, but Sixers White. I think it is their nicest of the regular three jerseys Number in the five. rotation. I don't know what uh, happened to my list here. We are I've, officially in the top five. Did I mention Eagles Black on mine? Uh, not yet. I think this is the spot then. I have arrows going everywhere. Cause too lazy to rewrite it's a like giant an idiot. recycling logo. <laughs> Basically. So number five is my Eagles Black. I just, okay. like, I just like them a lot. So that's the highest of the three Eagles jerseys for you? Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, number five for me is the Phillies pinstripes. I think it's very classy. I think it's very nice, and it looks awesome under the lights. And when they won the World Series with the bright lights shining down in the darkness in the sky, it looked really cool. 
And it's just a cool jersey. I mean, baseball is the only sport where you can really do pinstripes in general. Yeah. So teams that do it, like the Rockies, I think, did it for a little while. The Padres do it now. The Yankees do it, obviously. The Phillies do it. Red Sox um, do it, too. Who else does it? Red Sox? No, no. They have the shirt, I guess. No, wait, no. I'm bugging. I'm There's definitely another team that does pinstripes. Um, unless there's not. Text? No. Uh, I don't think there is, actually. Hmm. Shows what I know. Uh, number four, Sixers white. I, I agree that it's the nicest of the Sixers jerseys uh, in the regular rotation. Um, number four for me is going to be the Eagles midnight green. Mm. I think it. I, th- I don't think it gets the proper recognition it deserves because people are so in love with the Kelly green until we realize Kelly green's ugly. <laughs> uh, Plus, they won the Super Bowl in the green. Yeah. Coming. They're one and only super. They won every single playoff game that year in the green. Kelly Green's a nice throwback. Yeah. With the the big old eagle flying, but yeah. Uh number three, right? Uh Sixers City Edition. Okay. Surprised you don't have that one. I I'm, did, but then I really thought about it and they overdid it in the playoffs. Like I look stupid uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's why it's not my number one. And they didn't uh, even match the court half the time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna elaborate on why I don't why I have them where they where it is. Uh, number three for me could easily be number one, um, the Phillies cream jersey. I think it's mm, it's like the it's the, for a jersey they just kind of came back with it without any notice, like they just did it one year. Yeah, and now it's like a staple. I think it's beautiful, especially because it's like their Sunday Saturday day jersey. It's an absolute beautiful jersey. You could argue it's their best one. Number two, Phillies pinstripe. Ooh. Yeah, see, we both have the same idea. It's just a classy high up on the list. It's beautiful. Yeah. How about your Um, number two? uh, The Sixer City Edition, because they did not wear it in the city it was supposed to be representing, (laughs) and they kept wearing it on the road. They just made it like the permanent road jersey in the playoffs, and it looks it looks it, awful on the road. It looks dumb, especially when the other team's not matching the city edition. Yeah. And you don't have a court that matches it. The whole idea is that the, the Spectrum logo, the throwback, you know, theatrics on the screen. Fucking dumb. I'm not with it. Yeah. I, I thought it was ugly in any context other than the one it belonged in. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the city edition, it, it, I could see it becoming like the third jersey and getting rid of the red, but I don't know. It, 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 they did kill it in the playoffs. Yeah. Kind of, kind of ruined it for me. Not a good way, yeah. Uh, number one, as you mentioned earlier, the Phillies cream. It is. I saw it when I was at the ballpark. I'm like, oh yeah. I would love it in September. Throw like a gray hoodie under it. Baseball. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. A like beautiful it. jersey. Absolutely. Well, and I'm not perfect. a fan of baseball jerseys, but I have one too. Phillies. <laughs> it's a perfect jersey. Yeah. You, you, you could easily argue that as number one on my list too. I have the Phillies powder blue number one. Mm. because it's not overdone. Now, I understand that some baseball purists don't love it because they wear it at home, and it was a road jersey at the time that it was oh. in the regular rotation. It would be like if the Phillies, for some reason, wore the pinstripes as a road jersey in 20 years. Jesus it's one of those, but I don't care. It's it's really good. It was it's eye-catching. It, it's weird in baseball sometimes when the top and the bottom are a color that isn't white or gray. Yeah, like the Phillies, they wear the red top with gray bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mets, they wear the black top with a white bottom. 
like and the the Braves have a red top with a white bottom. Like it, no, the whole thing is blue and it and it works. And I the think. red is a nice touch. It's not overbearing. Oh yeah, and it's beautiful maroon. It's perfect. It's and perfect it's the old jersey. school P, so it's like perfection. Would you say the Phillies have the best set yeah. of the teams? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think I go Phillies. Phillies six. Eagles maybe number two. Mm, I have Sixers. Sixers are just like. Uh, they could use a no, Eagles, 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 Eagles. Eagles have a nice look because it is diverse. Uh, even though I don't love the black, it's different. Like yeah. red, white, and blue is just red, white, and blue. I mean, come on. It's not. It's not black letters for the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, white. that is true. It, it is a. It's a white letter with green. Yeah, you're right. That is kind of cool. And the black helmet will help it. Yeah, for sure. I, I am a little overly critical of the black, but I think people. It's because of the way other people react to it. Mm. I mean, I. But. I can't wait till they uh, match the helmets for all. Yeah, the, the black helmet will be cool. For all but the I, I, I worry them. that they won't actually do it because they're going to probably have a Kelly helmet, the Kelly green. You can only have two helmets supposedly going forward, so so they'll have a midnight green helmet and then a Kelly green helmet, and they won't actually do a black helmet. A white one <laughs> for the white jersey. White would be cool. That would be wild. The, the, the marks the, on the it. The one helmet thing is stupid as it is. Yeah, I get that it's for player safety, and you want the helmet to be kind of broken in. But uh, it, it, college teams wear 83 different – Oregon Ducks have 12 games and wear 12 different jerseys. Yeah, they like to design so, a new one every season. Yeah, they have a different uniform each week. So I, I – let's just be consistent here. Yeah. All right, It seems buddy. like a rule they're just doubling down. So I don't know. I don't know. These dumbasses want to make money somehow. So yeah. it is what it is. Well, Girardi and Rivers are both still here. Barry Trotz is not – uh, the rumor is Barry Trotz is probably going to go to Vegas to be think? the Golden Knights head coach. It's um, not a bad because, spot. Yeah, it's a good spot for him. He, he, hockey hockey's the one sport where coaches bounce around. There's like 20 coaches that have just been on 15 different teams. It's not like football or basketball or baseball where there's a different manager, head coach, and this guy is no longer head coach. He becomes like a defensive coordinator for five years. Uh, is the John Travolta guy? That's why I don't know him as John Travolta. He's like a hothead. Uh, hockey manager John uh, something uh, John, John Tortorella yeah that guy <laughs> he is I don't know where he is he, he's not with the Rangers anymore would you want him in Philly I think he would be beneficial but everywhere he goes he, he overstays his welcome I think he's with Columbus Columbus Blue Jackets see I know my hockey I've studied it, yeah one day maybe next week I'll I'll try to name every hockey team true Honestly, in honor of the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, playoff run. If you if you just pick any coach in the NHL and the click is Wikipedia, it's like coach for the Flames, coach for the Jets, coach for the Rangers. If there was a world for hockey coaches, it'd be death. Because well, there's only thirty of them, so that they would only last a month. Because it's the same coaches. It, I swear to God, it's the same coaches. It's like in football, if the head coach got fired for the Rams, that guy just goes to the Steelers, and then the Steelers guy goes to the Houston. And it's just a, a giant cycle. It's like it's almost like all there's a doing. union for coaches, and it's just like no, you 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 must all be head coaches at any point in time. We cannot have insiders, young guys. We will have all of you unless you retire. Then we are forced to bring in new people. But for now, you are in the hockey community. Yeah, they're just ingrained forever. I don't know. I'm just tired. My energy is very zapped, zapped, baby. But uh, episode fifty four is in the books. I believe it's called Star Hunting. Yeah, we'll call it that. Damn it, don't worry. You better not F this up. Yeah. Because you've been preaching him. He hasn't had a full off season to yeah. really dig deep. Every offseason. I'm looking forward off to season. it. 
But if I swear, if Maxi is gone, I'm not watching this team. I don't love that every offseason the Sixers are the team to watch. It's like, it can is. we can we just be normal? Yeah, can we just add pieces? Not oh, is this person can, gone? Can we go? just be the Eagles? Yes, consistency. <laughs> every year, Bradbury, Brown, Davis, Dean, bring uh, in Roseman, White, all these guys. Just do whatever you got to do. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Instagram is at pa underscore turnpod. Thank you for listening thus far. Your true, true MVP and listener, um, Rob. Any last words? Uh, no. I like it. short and simple. <laughs> but until then, uh, I'm Joel. That is Rob. This is the PA Turnpod. Adios.